Because We Make, the podcast about making, creativity, and why we do what we do as makers and creatives. I'm your host, Vincent Ferrari, and joining me as always, my right-hand man, Ethan Carter. Hello, Ethan. What's going on, Vincent? How you doing? Happy Monday. Happy Monday. I, I wonder if I should stop. I was thinking about this in the car today because, you know, this is what I think about when I'm driving, not, not hitting the guy in front of me. Um, <laughs> if I should stop saying it's Monday because we don't release this on Monday and it's no, confusing it, to people. <laughs> yeah, you know what? But I also do the... I do all my promotion on Monday night, too, even though it doesn't drop until Wednesday. So it's kind of our thing, I think. It's, yeah. it's We are confusing and probably not the best at promoting. Our no. <laughs> I mean, I'm a whore once the show is out. That's for damn mm-hmm. sure. But <laughs> I, um, I was sitting there tonight because, you know, I do what I do. I was watching. We ate dinner, and I was watching YouTube. I had YouTube on in the background, and I'm sitting there playing, of course, Animal Crossing because that's all I do now is play Animal <laughs> You're Crossing. You're addicted. I, no, I'm not even... A, I'm not even addicted. I'm obsessed. I'm beyond <laughs> addicted. I there's something about f- swimming around in a digital ocean and catching mussels that just like I don't know what it is about this game. I don't understand it, but I have friends that are equally obsessed and it's <laughs> like So anyway, I'm sitting there playing it and I'm like Wow, it's like 20 to 8, and Ethan hasn't put up his um, story yet. I'm a little surprised. I hope he's all right. And then two minutes later, I start getting ding, ding, <laughs> ding. I'm like, oh, okay, good. We're good now. We're good now. <laughs> well, so. it's it's funny. It's it's it. The later it gets to, the closer it gets to 8 o'clock, mm-hmm. and you don't see my post, means that I'm really struggling to do the stories, because I'm not, as we've talked about before, I'm not a natural on camera, so it usually takes me a few tries, so... Uh, that means that it it took me a few tries tonight. We'll just put it that way. Oh, so yeah. for me, well, for me, I was so I I got all ready and I was like, oh, I got to put the dishes in the sink. So I put the dishes in the sink. I'm making getting dinner together, and then I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go do the podcast. So I grab my Snapple, which I always have when I do the podcast. Is everyone? Well, nobody knows because nobody gets the halftime show because we no, that's record right. that. But I always have a Snapple ready for either emergency drinking or for the halftime show. And I'm like, okay, and I sat down at my desk. I'm like, where are my headphones? I couldn't find my <laughs> headphones. And I'm like panicking, panicking. I'm running around the house. I'm like, I got like five minutes. And everybody's <laughs> going to be late. And we have a guest. It's not just me and Ethan. And I'm freaking out. And of course, they were downstairs on my table saw because I was playing around in the shop this morning. But well, That's a good excuse. Yeah, it's the best. Ex- it's really the only acceptable excuse. <laughs> so if you catch Ethan's stories. And by the way, if you're not following Ethan and catching his stories before the podcast... You're you're really missing out because there's subliminal information in it. Mm. It's secret. Yeah, it's kind of sad that you're missing out on it. But well, and this week's and this may be a good way to lead in, maybe. But uh, this this week, my it so uh, yeah. Well, this came. Just go for it. (laughs) All right. So this this week's uh, Maker Shirt Monday came in at I think I think it arrived at around three fifteen this afternoon. Wow. And uh, and so it was a very close call. Yeah, but. so we what, we were talking before the podcast with our guest, and we realized that um, there were a couple of inside joke names on this show, and not jokes in the ha-ha mockery way, in the ha-ha we always, always mention talk. certain right. people. There are certain people whose names come up episode after episode after episode, and I'm sure that that's something we'll get a bad review about at some point. It's like, okay, <laughs> we get it, okay. Yeah. But this guy is one where I just said to Ethan, I'm like, you know, we should try to get this guy on. And I emailed him. And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, cool. All right, cool. So we have the one and only, the biggest, baddest maker on the planet, Paul Jackman. <laughs> hey, guys. What's going on, doing? man? How you doing, man? 
I, I've king. listened to the podcast maybe once or twice, but now that I know that you talk about me all the time, I'm going to listen every episode. <laughs> it's funny how that works, right? <laughs> we had one episode, and we, we completely just kissed your ass for like, I don't know, what, about 15 minutes? Either? Probably, it like, yeah. Yeah, it was. I don't know whether it was the episode we talked about your the last vase you made because you know it's much more expensive. Yeah, I think that was our that was a vi- that was a video of the week, right? Yeah, that was definitely yeah. a video of the week, and we talked about it in the context of we kind of consider you, you know, there are makers, and you know, we we try not to differentiate because we have all kinds of creative people on the show, but we try to yeah. we kind of differentiate between a maker and an artist, and we kind of consider you more of an artist almost okay. than yeah, like a against maker. The- no, I mean, I think, yeah, because I, th- I think of your pieces, I mean, you could make anything, I think, but y- your pieces are, are, you know, sculptures and pieces of art, in my opinion, and, it, and it's the artistry that goes into figuring out how to make things Jackman size, if, if I can. <laughs> yeah. um, it's just so amazing. And w- w- when did that start? Like, obviously, I mean, you've been doing that stuff since I, you know, discovered you. Have, has that always been kind of your thing or have you kind of did you kind of stumble across it or how did that happen i mean the like the jack size project specifically just i feel like it kind of just happened accidentally and it's just grown you know an own an own life force of its own kind of like the jack size tools especially right that all started with jimmy's deresta you know deresta utility knife plate right and I saw that he made that the first Instagram post. I commented, and I was like, "Send me that. I'm gonna make a handle for it." And that's how the series of giant tools started. That's and amazing. that was that's kind of its own specific track off the the Jackman size stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, that's it's true. I remember actually when so that so I I was following you when that first kind of Jackman size thing happened. I remember just being like, "Well, that's the other thing too," and and we'll get into I'm sure more, but the your ability to like you do things to scale like it is not just a big version of something it's a scaled up version functioning version of the thing which i which always baffles me i just can't even like wrap my head around how that how you figure all that out but it's amazing yeah it's fun it's the challenge of it that makes it fun like figuring out how to get to that scale because it's it's made at the scale that it's made at normally for a reason and when you blow that up whatever it is five four you know seven eight times it's it completely destroys the function of it but also the practicality of it which right. is the fun part of it yeah that's yeah. what's so crazy and and well in like the the maker knife one too to mm-hmm. me like i i didn't have a maker knife at that point and like i had no idea how it worked and the fact that you got it to work and and the, I, I love the moment in that video when uh jacko walks comes over yeah. and uh and You've got the the functioning, you know, the clip that makes it lock, and he's just like blown away. Like you, you could just see in his face that he could, he didn't. I don't think he even thought you could do it. <laughs> I don't I think honestly, he would have said that, but <laughs> yeah, I don't think that he did. And that was a genuine reaction too, which was kind of funny. Yeah, because I I set up the camera. I was like, all right, I got to capture this because I did it myself, and I heard that clunking noise. Yeah, and I was like, this is the best thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing more satisfying than that click in oh. real life so i can't even imagine it on like that scale it's gonna be amazing it, it was so good because scaling it up the way that the the maker knife works is is dependent on the springiness of steel right and scaling it up i was like i don't know if if wood is gonna mimic that the same way i hoped right. that it would and i i thought it would because i made it all out of, out of pine which is fairly springy um and it worked you know just the same and i made it to the exact scale and that oh, worked yeah. perfect oh, that was so six i think 16 times scale yeah i think that yeah that's 
and, that and was the how long one. did that take you? That took because you were know. in his shop, right? I mean, you're in Italy in his yeah. workspace. I, I was there for a month and I made a couple projects. So say okay. say two weeks or so. Wow, maybe a little bit more. That's incredible. It's yeah. kind of cool. It must be kind of cool if you think about it to be Jocko, right? And it's like, yep. And here's someone else making my thing, but like a huge, like an, a gigantic homage to it, you know? And yeah. <laughs> to have it, to just go, and I'm sure at some point you said, so, so, so listen, Jocko, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take your thing. You're this amazingly engineered, precisely precision instrument. And I'm going to make it out of wood. I'm going to make it 16 yep. times larger and it's going to work. And he said, yeah, yeah sure. Okay. <laughs> and out of out of pallets too. Out of out of pallets, yeah. Which has another another level to it. That's that's something by the way. So another thing that I find really interesting about, you know, the work that you do is you do almost exclusively pallet stuff. Like it's mm-hmm. all pallets. And that's a material that you know, if you go on Pinterest, it's all like accent walls and floating shelves and stuff like that, but you just take pallets of all things, the most one of the most humble materials, one of the most recycled materials, and just do crazy, crazy things with it. I know that part of why you do that is because you like the idea of you know keeping it out of the waste stream and stuff. But how yep. did you decide? Like, because you've pretty much only made pallet stuff for a while now. So how did you decide that pallets were going to be your thing? I don't, that almost kind of just happened too, like like the giant tools and the Jacqueline size stuff. But, you know, I'm a big time environmentalist, so the pallet stuff is very attractive to me. But I saw, like, I'm going to sound very full of myself, but I saw, I saw people <laughs> making all this pallet stuff. And I was like, that's really cool. But I think we could do better than that. And I think right. I could do better than that. So I was like, you know, trying to think, what is the extent of, of pallet wood? How far can we push it? You know, what else can we do? Because there's a lot of people making pallet walls or pallet tabletops or whatever. And mm-hmm. I was like, what, you know, how but, can we push that further? Well, and they look like pallets, too. Like, I mean, well, and, right. yeah. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. I think there is an aesthetic to that and stuff like that. But it's not; it's using it to showcase the palette in a lot of ways, right? It's like yeah, that, raw, that raw material itself, right? Right. It's yeah. like that. Um, that the it's been all over the Instagram and memes and everything like that. But it's like the picture of a palette where someone uh, posts and they say, "It took me all weekend, but I finally made my coffee table into a palette." You know, it's that joke. <laughs> But yeah, but your stuff I've, is. I've only been tagged in that like seventy-five oh times. Oh my god, I can't imagine. Well, I'm sure. And... <laughs> I'm, I'm, I can't believe that people think they're the first person to tell you about this. Right, like, guys, come yeah. on. So the first video I saw of yours, um, I'd always been tangentially aware of uh-huh. Paul Jackman, but the first Paul Jackman video that I actually watched that got me to sit there and watch all your old videos was the lo- this, the life size Nutcracker. Oh yeah, yeah. I was bad. just floored at what you managed to pull off with that. Because right. first of all, all right, the materials aside, well, okay, fine. But it worked, and it was like, it's actually larger than you are. And it's just one of those crazy-ass projects. It's like, this guy is out of his mind, and it's wonderful. Did you? I, obviously, you were trying to come up with something relatively Christmas-related, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you settle on the classic, the classic Nutcracker. And then what? <laughs> like, how does that get to be like, how do you break down something that scale? Because, you know, you're limited by the shape of your materials. You can't just take a big block and carve it. So, you have, so how do you plan a project that size with pallets? Yeah, that one was really tricky. The, the reason that kicked off is I, I wanted to make a Christmas project for Carolina Shoe. And mm-hmm. it's, it's very hard to incorporate work boots into a, a woodworking <laughs> project. 
And I was just in the store and I was like, just, you know, I couldn't think of any good ideas because the first Christmas project I made for them was the leg lamp from A Christmas Story. Yeah, which but is the, amazing. The manly yeah. version of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's just like, it's it's perfect in every way. And I don't, I still don't know how I got that idea. But it, oh, it, I think so it good. just came up in a conversation with my wife over dinner. And it's just like everything was perfect. It was, you know, satirical and it right. was just funny to look at. And it was actually like kind of cool. And, you know, somebody actually people wanted it. And uh, <laughs> it was a good video. And that was actually my first power carving project ever. Oh, really? A lot of people don't realize that. But that no, I tell I people that not to show how awesome I am, which is part of it, but mostly <laughs> to show to show how approachable power carving actually is. Yeah. If that was my first project, you know, I think people could do something similar. But that's well, I think that's and that's something we've talked about a lot too. Is like there's always this barrier of of feeling like I, I'm I can't do something right. Like I'm not good enough to do something, and that's just proof that you know what, if you have the courage to jump in and and try it, maybe you can. Mm-hmm. Right. So. It's a good, I don't know. It's a good so, message. Yeah, and, How, and I'm working in a one car garage. Right. Exactly. Have, right. Other than my table saw, all of my stuff is like homeowner grade tools. And right. There's nothing really fancy about it. Um, and, and I, you know, I, it kind of sucks at times, but <laughs> other times, like I like that I can show that you can still build this cool, crazy stuff with this grade of, of tools. Oh yeah, absolutely. So what yeah. do you do to what do you do to plan what do you do to plan this stuff? Like do you do you sit there and sketch it? Do you like do stuff in like Fusion three sixty or SketchUp? Like what's your planning yeah. process look like? So I mean, back to the Nutcracker. That's one mm-hmm. that I had to plan out quite a bit, just right. because oh, I'm sure it's it, it was hard to figure out the. Uh, the the steps that I had to take and what what order to take them in because <laughs> it was very it was very sizable um, the diameter of it was 16 inches with it's the capacity of my lathe um, so that was tricky and then it, like you said it was as tall as me so I had to build it in sections and I had to figure out what sections those would be and how to put them together um, but I I usually especially with the stuff that I scale up I'll draw that in SketchUp and I'll draw it at its normal scale and then stretch it and scale it to you know, whatever I determine is, is the right uh-huh. scale for that piece. And with that one, I was like, I j- I'm just going to make it as big as me because that would be funny. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> I, I made it like just over six feet tall. That's and I, it was funny because I, I found a nutcracker in the store, which is how I came up with that idea. I walked by the nutcracker and I was like, that's the project. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I saw it. Yeah. It was like wearing boots Christmas time. I was like, if I scale that thing up, maybe I can crush a coconut. Like that was the vision. And that's what drove me through from the beginning of the project to completion was that vision of crushing a coconut. It's, that's but, so awesome. Well, and, and, and that was, uh, that was Bernie made some, uh, <laughs> some nuts, right? Yeah. He made some giant, uh, walnuts. <laughs> yeah. We gotta be careful with how we're talking yeah, about really. this. Right. No. Keep that clean right. tag there. Yeah. <laughs> Bernie um, made nuts. No, well, that's <laughs> what I also love walnuts. is I love when you, like, there's people that are so excited about your projects now that like you, they collaborate like that and then uh wasn't it the was it the hot, giant hand plane that some uh you someone made the blade for i'm blanking yeah already. yeah zach Z, zach yeah 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 so that's so cool like i love that aspect of your projects too is that people get in on it you know yeah especially when it's unprompted like bernie mm-hmm. was just like i'm gonna make you a giant walnut and i want to see you crush it <laughs> i was like let's do it do it send it to me please that sounds so much like Bernie. I love it. Yeah. it is, and then, and then you, Ethan, you just force yourself into my life by making tiny objects. Yeah, right. Well, exactly. <laughs> right. Well, that's. I was just about to say. So, there, I, I, you also seem to figure things out a little bit as you go too. And I, I was thinking about that um, with the screwdriver, the giant, mm-hmm. you know, screwdriver, where you figured out how to 
get the resin to work with um you know in that scale and like on the lathe right you spun it yeah so talk, yeah. yeah talk a little bit about that because i thought that was a brilliant solution and and but you didn't go into it planning on that right you you kind of figured out you, there was a problem and you solved it right yeah i knew i could make the form and i knew i could you know i, I planned i would make a wood form prime it and then make a silicone version of that so make a negative of the screwdriver mm-hmm. and i was like i'm gonna make it out of epoxy i'm not quite sure how and i was talking with i think it was dustin penner dp makes stuff and we were like throwing ideas back and forth like how could we get this to work and he mentioned roto casting which is a thing in like the model making industry where they have it so it rotates in in all three dimensions so you have like a form of a human body or something or, or a, a piece of armor or something along okay. those lines and you pour in some sort of a plastic or a silicone or whatever and you rotate it in all three directions while it cures and you eventually get a, a even layer on the, the entire form. Um, so from that discussion, I came up with the idea of, of just sticking it right on the lathe and if I spun it fast enough, that would push it all to the outside and I could basically do half inch thick pours of epoxy and and work my way in because i was using standard epoxy to do it so i could only pour it so thick well and and for people that haven't worked with epoxy there well there's all different kinds now and everything like that but like you can't pour it too thick or there it basically overheats and won't won't work so that's so creating something that big out of epoxy is is really difficult so i i remember when you told me that i was just like that is that makes so much sense yeah yeah, I figured I could make it in slices, you know, like a salami. Right, of. and then like you stick. would pour in half inch layers that way. But I did a bunch of experiments, and no, no matter the way that I did it, you could see the seams, oh, even really? if they were subtle. You could still see them. The way that I did it on the lathe, you can see it if you're really looking for it, but they don't stick out. That's so. so that was that was kind of the key of doing it that way instead of pouring it in like you know circular layers. I don't know if I, and I, and so the, the screwdriver was the uh, catalyst to the whole mini, you know, Ethan making a yeah, mini yeah. version of, of your thing. <laughs> and it was funny because, so I met, well, and I've said this, we've, t- again, we've talked about you a lot, Paul, on this <laughs> podcast, but I've told a story about the first year at WorkbenchCon. I didn't actually meet you at WorkbenchCon. I met you at, um, at a bar as I was leaving the last night, like I, so the whole conference, I didn't meet you. And I met you yeah. about like, as I was walking out of the bar and I introduced myself and then I found out that you, you know, you had ties to uh, Peabody and Massachusetts and stuff like that. Yep. But anyways, then you were doing a, uh, you were doing a coming up to, um, Rockler and doing an appearance in, uh, is it Cambridge? Cambridge, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, in March. And I was like, so I knew you were coming up that weekend and I was just, I was bored and, I was on conference calls and I was like, you know, this pencil kind of has the same shape in terms of the, you know, the, what is it? An octagon? I don't even know what a pencil is, but, uh, uh that I think it's a hexagon. Actually. Hexagon. Yeah, I don't know. It might be, I don't know. Whatever yeah, it is. And, whatever six is. Six sided. <laughs> and I was like, that kind of looks like a screwdriver. I wonder if I can make a mini screwdriver in the shape of Jackman's. And so I was on conference calls with my exacto uh, knife and just like whittling away at this pencil. And then that's that's how it all sparked. And then the, that Saturday I came down and met you. Yeah, so it was awesome. That's great. I've I remember been, that day. I've been yeah. enjoying I've been enjoying so much the um the back and forth with you guys. Like Paul makes something, then Ethan makes a tiny version of it. And <laughs> he made the wavy vase. I actually thought, oh, I can't wait to see him knock this one off. And then he comes out with this little vase. I'm like, wow, you yep. actually did it. That's impressive. Yeah. 
Yeah. I didn't know if he would do that one or not because that wasn't really like a scaled up object. But I was like, I kind of hope he does. Yeah. <laughs> see how well, he does I, and I hadn't planned on it, but then thankfully you called me out and um, after the video of the week, and so I was like, I gotta figure this out. It's not perfect exactly. None of these are, you know, they I put in about the time that it's worth for <laughs> for it. So it's not. It's, I put in none of them are perfect. Worth. Yeah. Well, we. But, one of the things. One of the things with that video is. We we both saw it around the same time, mm-hmm. and it was just like I I remember telling Ethan it's like this is this is video of the week like this is the easy, what are the at the time it was like this is such an easy video of the week because it was such an absurdly beautiful project I mean just I didn't see I actually didn't see the prior the, like making the tool rest until I saw the actual vase video then I went back and watched the tool rest the steady rest video yeah it's yeah. like that, dude. I don't even understand the way your mind works sometimes. Like, I'm watching this thing come together. I'm like, this thing is amazing. It's, it was gorgeous. Well, Thank and, you. and, and I, uh, I think it's, I, I always enjoy Ben Ueda's responses to your, um, to your pieces because, like, that yeah. he, truly, I mean, and he, I, he said it's like a gallery piece, and I completely mm-hmm. agree. I, I also think the same thing about, like, uh, the, um, what is it? The, the picture frame, the power carved picture frame. But like, those are like gallery pieces. But my favorite though is the last. I think it was. Uh, I think it was the hammer. And what he, I can't remember exactly his comment. He, he like he posted in his stories, and he's like, Paul Jackman's one of the weirdest and most creative people makers in our space or something like that and your response right. was like hilarious too it's just like well at least he said <laughs> creative too or something like that <laughs> i gotta look that up now to remember what he said but i think you're really close yeah it was so perfect it was, but it was like truly out of love obviously but he just like yeah. it, 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 his responses are always so funny about him so i've, I've loved ben because he's like very straight and and very planned with the way that he talks like he's, you know, he doesn't, right. you know, say anything that he doesn't mean to say. Like he's very interesting to talk to because of that. Yeah, yeah. And he's very and, word you know, it's, it's fun to poke fun of him. Yeah, he's very efficient with the way that he talks. <laughs> and and his food it, analogies, right? <laughs> which are the best. <laughs> but yeah, it makes you it, should, it makes you should it ask fun him to make to, fun of him. You should ask him to make a food analogy about every one of your projects. <laughs> yeah. What do so? We since we we since we refer to you as an artist, but I don't. I mean, I don't know. Maybe Ethan knows, but I don't really know your background. I mean, that must mean that there's plenty of people that don't really know your background. What is your background, and how did you get started? How did you get started making, and how did you get started doing? Because um, usually, when people find themselves as woodworkers, you know, they make the same stuff. They make basic stuff. And, what made you break out of the mold and stuff like that? So let's start with where you, how you got into making and woodworking as you are, and then we'll talk more about how you kind of did your pivot into more artistic stuff from the traditional woodworking stuff. Sure. I will answer your question, but before that, I'm going to read uh, Ben Ueda's story. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Perfect. Okay. He, he called me one of the weirdest and most delightfully recreative people. And then I said, at least he followed up weird with delightful. <laughs> there it is. That, was, that was pretty close. That was pretty close. That was, pretty, <laughs> that was so right funny. On. Yeah. It's awesome. I think Ethan could be, I think Ethan could be Paul's biographer. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, mean, I feel like I'm being a little creepy now. <laughs> yeah, you joke, Vincent, but Ethan's already started the book. He's, he's on like chapter five. He's actually just renamed the file so we don't find it when he, right at the same time we find the altar with the candles. <laughs> I can hear his keyboard right now hitting backspace. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> he didn't see this coming. 
Um, oh, so good. Your question. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I so I started. I mean, like the first things I made were skateboard ramps back when I was a kid, mm-hmm. and I wasn't really much of a skateboarder. But there was, you know, kids in the neighborhood that that were on their Raider, Razor scooters and skateboards and stuff, and they loved it because mm-hmm. I would build these just skateboard ramps out of plywood. My dad would stop at job sites whenever they cut out the windows; they just toss that. That's garbage to them, and mm-hmm. he would grab all that plywood and bring it home so I could build just random skateboard ramps and stuff out of it. And um, you know, after that, that kind of evolved. There's a Voke Tech High School that was in my town and I went there for high school and, and learned formal woodworking and carpentry. So it was set up. So it was like an every other week cycle for a full week, I'd be in the shop classes. And then for a full week, I'd be in regular academic classes. And within the shop classes, we had a full wood shop. And the first two years I did like intensive woodworking courses, building uh, pieces of furniture and building cabinets and things along those lines. And then the second two years, it was um, house framing, roofing, siding, and also like remodeling and, and everything that goes along with that. Um, so it was very, you know, inclusive carpentry education for four years. And from there, I, I graduated high school in, in 2009. So you can do the math there. And I was planning on not going to college. And it, it was 2009. So I was like, well, I'm not going to get a job. So I have to go to college. So I went, I went for uh, civil engineering at Syracuse and got a degree there. And while I was at college over the summers, I was working building decks and building pieces of furniture and stuff to pay for the college I didn't really want to go to. And it's, that's kind of – it all evolved from there. Wait a minute. I forgot, on, I forgot the second. Syracuse connection too. Yeah. There's so many it connections. It just clicked in my head. Hold yeah. on a second. Hold on. I, I, have, I have to ask. <laughs> so we, had, we had Scylla and Luke on a few weeks ago. Yep. And they talk about you a lot. And yeah. now I find out that we find out that you went to Syracuse. So is is that uh, how did how did you guys hook up? Like this is really interesting to me. It didn't click in my head. See, it takes me a little while sometimes, but eventually I get the thread. So yeah. how did you guys how did you guys hook up? Is it does it have to do with the fact that you were both in Syracuse? Yeah, so it's it's funny how the timelines line up. Me and Priscilla were at Syracuse at the same time. Ah. But I don't know if we ever run in, ran into each other. We didn't know each other at that. No point. way. It's a pretty small school, so <laughs> yeah, it's right. a, a tiny. Well, the crazy thing is that you know you could go through the school and then meet afterwards and find out y'all were there at the same time. Like that's amazing yeah. to me, right? And I think we overlapped for two, maybe three years too. Oh, that's insane. I love this. But world. I guess she didn't make much time in the engineering building. I don't blame her. <laughs> well, she she is she is the artsy type. So yeah, which is funny because the art building is literally right next to the engineering building. <laughs> of course we, it is. Most We're of us didn't. Me. Yeah, most of us didn't meld with each other really. It's like you might as well just had an invisible wall up between the buildings. Let's yeah. be honestly. <laughs> no we never saw each other. Yeah, no one's going into the wrong door. It's everyone's got their their door. They know what it, they know it. Wow. So you guys, you guys actually had the potential to know each other and didn't, and then kind of met each other afterward. That is. Yeah. I think the first time we met was at uh, maker's camp and we just got talking about it and, and kind of learned about each other there. And it was like, wait, what time were you there? It's like, Oh, I was there too. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. That's so cool. Are you going, are you going this year? I should be. Yeah. Yeah. As long as it happens. You're right. I think it's right. All right, Ethan. No excuses, buddy. I mean you know. <laughs> mean you live because we'll, we make at Yeah. Maybe. We'll be about we'll be about the same distance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Well mm. that's the other topic is uh the big move. Yes. Right. 
So you, so, uh, we won't talk too too detailed about it, but you're moving out of your current space and into a yeah. new space. Yeah, I'm heading to Massachusetts to a barn. That's awesome. Oh, you are. The idea of you being in a big place is just like my <laughs> head is about to explode. Like he, you made that nutcracker in a space that's about the size of the garage that I have, and yep. now you're going to have a barn. <laughs> it's, I'm not yeah. sure what to think about it. Quite honestly. Is is it, it is it going to be? Um, is there a lot of work needed before you move in, or is it just um, you're just going to move in? You're ready. ready. To go? It's pretty much moving ready. There'll be a little bit of work I got to do, but the barn is the same age as me. It looks a lot older, just <laughs> just like I look a lot older than I. <laughs> <laughs> but the barn's about thirty years old, oh, and it's wow. like way better shape than it than it looks like from the outside. Um, well, from from the uh, from a little bit of what you hinted at. I bet it's a really cool looking barn. Is it like, does it look cool from the outside or is it? Yeah, like a I, new barn? I posted a photo in my feed if you want to oh, see it. Yeah. And then if anybody's curious, I, I made some stories while I was there a couple of weeks ago and I pinned them in my, my Instagram stories on my, on my profile. So you can look back on those now. They didn't disappear. But it's, awesome. it's, um, so it's oh, a really yeah. cool story. You Sorry. like that? Oh, wow. Yeah, <laughs> I do. And, and it, it is exactly that looks like where I think you're probably going yeah. to. <laughs> and look at the crew. I mean, dude, you got the crew in uniform and everything. I mean, it's it's amazing. They, they, you know. I've had to keep them in storage this whole time. Yeah. <laughs> but you're right. It does look. It looks. It looks like a vintage barn. Yeah, it looks like it's like ready to fall down. Someone's gonna gonna yeah, come and tear it down and, and sell it to make coffee tables for rich people. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> that's so great. I'm gonna have, or, the, or I'm gonna have a... the most lit Pinterest feed you've ever seen, guys. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh, that thing looks incredible. Oh, so, I'm so excited for you. It's awesome. So this the story behind it, the property, there's also a house where we're gonna live that's like the next the property right next door. That's and good. <laughs> the whole property is owned by my old shop teacher from high school. No way. And like out of the blue, he, he called me last year and he's like, hey, you know, what are you, what are you guys up to? What's what's new? You know, my wife's in the Coast Guard. So he's like, where, where is she headed next? And her contract was coming up. And I was like, I don't know. We're kind of trying to figure out what to do next. And he's like, well, I just inherited this like really nice barn. It's like 1,200 square feet, two floors. I want to put a wood shop in it. And I was like, okay, so we're moving there. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> but I was going to ask, like, what's the prompt? Yeah. Yeah, so he offered it up, and he's like, you know, you want to fill it up with tools, you can use the space as long as I, you know, can have permission to work in there. Because he's got a couple of years left at the school, and he's going to retire, and he just wants something to kind of replace the wood shop at the school, so he has a place right. to work when he wants to make stuff. Um, so I get to fill the place with tools and use it, and he gets to use the shop when he wants to. Well, and, you've got another hand, too, right? I mean, Yeah, yeah. So he, he started as a boat builder up in Maine. So he's oh, like wow. by trade a boat builder and, you know, worked his way up a little bit doing that, came down to Massachusetts and has been teaching at the, the tech school for, I don't even know, 20, 30 years, maybe not quite that long, but um, long enough. And he knows his stuff. Um, so he's he's going to keep teaching me and I'm going to get him on the on the videos, too. Oh, that's it's awesome. going to be exciting to, to share his knowledge a little bit more. I've always I've always. So. We've talked about it before. What got, I mean, I always made stuff, but one of the catalysts to kind of like really getting involved was making a uh, guitar, an acoustic mm -hmm. guitar. And it was out of a kit and stuff like that. But I took it, you know, I took a class. And that was one of those things I always, you know, always in the back of my mind was like, I want to learn how to do that. And boat building is 
also always been one of those things, and I probably will never do that. But I, I've always been really fascinated by boat builders. I, you know, I work in Gloucester, so there's still yeah. a um, historical shop that builds old dories by with hand tools and stuff yeah. like that. And I go over there all the time just to like watch them work. It's so cool. And and you know, the people that make the wooden kayaks. I mean, and Jimmy makes the wooden, you know, canoes and stuff like that. But those, like, it's something really special about boat building. It's such a interesting craft. Yeah, it's kind of its own mindset too. Like, right. it, it, like woodworkers can do it, but it's its own thing. Like, you really have to think in a, a slightly different way. So I'm excited to learn that because I'm definitely like that's one of the first things I want to do is build a, a a canoe. And the idea is maybe build a pallet wood canoe, like a strip canoe, but with pallet slats. Oh my god! And we'll we'll see. <laughs> it's gonna be a lot of pieces, but I'm gonna try it. How? Because the the shop is is very close to the water, so it's something that I feel obligated to do. I'm kind of I'm kind of convinced that your shop teacher would have to know your level of fame in our space since then, and the kind of stuff that you make. How is um how's he reacted to seeing the work that you've been up to? Yeah, I know he follows along. I don't think that he understands YouTube. But he knows that I'm on there. Like, I, I know he understands what it is, but I don't think he understands the extent and kind of the reach and the whole community that's on there. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to kind of expose him to that and see the feedback. And I think the point where he really realized that what I was doing was kind of a big deal was when one of his students came in and he's like, hey, look at this video. Look at this thing this guy built. And it was me. He, <laughs> that's amazing. And he goes, yeah, I taught him everything. I taught him. <laughs> I taught him everything he knows. <laughs> right. That's so, that's got to be so amazing for, so for I feel both like of you guys. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like that's the point that it clicked in his head. He's like, oh, okay. He's doing something pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. When you, but I, that's got to be so proud. He, that's got to be such a proud moment for him too, you know? Like, I taught yeah. this guy and yeah, that's so cool. Because I tell people like a lot of this stuff, like I have a lot of, of a different background from a lot of people on YouTube. A lot of people now that are like full-time woodworking YouTubers learned through the internet by watching mm-hmm. other YouTubers. Mm-hmm. Right. So a lot of those ideas are kind of circulated over and over again in the space, which is fine. Right. But the the thing that I bring to it that I think is a little bit unique is that my knowledge came from him and came from, you know, a handful of other mentors that have been doing it for their whole lives. So they have a different way of doing things. So I try to throw in these little tricks and I hope people pick them up because I kind of throw them in there quickly you know, hoping people look at the details. Uh, but it's it's these techniques and tips that I picked up from these guys that are, you know, career woodworkers and craftsmen that I feel like isn't really well well represented on YouTube. Well, one of the things that you just did that I really appreciated, because I'll give you a little story here. Um, your recent, um, I think you did it as a story, was how, um, how you break down, or maybe it was a post in your feed, how you break down pallets. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, okay. Now I actually understand it because I went out, you know, because I work in a place that has a big warehouse attached to it and I got my first pallet and I'm like, oh, no problem. I know how to do this. And I (laughs) threw it in my truck and brought it home. And over the course of a weekend, I broke it down and I got, you know, I did a good job breaking it down. But I put that pile of wood um, after I took all the, you know, like as you said in the video, I used a manual like a nail set to pop the nails out. Mm-hmm. And apparently I do hate my life. And <laughs> I was, when I was done, I remember saying, I will never, ever do this again, ever <laughs> yeah. again. Like, I just, I can't. And then I watched you do it, and I'm like, oh, well, there's everything I did wrong. Okay, cool. Maybe I could give it another shot now. But you, <laughs> you really did a good job of just kind of showing 
your process and right. the picture of how much you managed to harvest out of those pallets with you sit with you um kind of sitting there cross-armed in front of the camera mm-hmm. is like wow you get a lot you don't waste a whole lot out of right you maximize I yeah mean, well uh, uh, yeah because i've broken down pallets before too and i, I waste a lot of material like yeah, I, I just didn't know how to do it. Actually, and then one time, my uh, my parents were, they picked up like I think three or four pallets, and I got up to the. They brought them up to our cottage, and my dad was breaking them down with a circular saw. And yep. if you do that, like I mean, you cut it down into like a third of the wood that you could use if you're cutting it in between the slats, yeah, you know. Right. And uh, he also uh, made his own uh, original uh, cordless circular saw by mistake. Um, there's, um, but yeah, so that was a, it was a non-functioning prototype though. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But but it it was amazing to see how much to your point, uh, Vincent, like how much you get out of those pallets, Paul, like you, you maximize the wood that you get out of it. Which I guess makes sense because the scale of your projects is always well, you know, mostly now is huge. So you do mm-hmm. need to get as much material as right. you can out of it. Otherwise, you're just you're you'd end up not having enough material for your jobs, or you'd have to break down way more pallets than you would really need if you weren't efficient. How yeah. how much? How many pallets? And I know it's a stupid question, but of course I have to <laughs> ask it. But how many pallets do you think you go through in the course of? Well, let's say okay. So the, the hammer. How many, roughly, would you say, how many pallets worth of wood would you say that hammer is made from? So the hammer I cheated on, because that was made of wall studs, reclaimed wall studs. Ah. Ah, yeah, yeah. That's right, it was. So, yeah. Oops, I go. So those were very big pallets. <laughs> <laughs> how about, uh, all right, but, so how about the uh, maker knife? Uh, that was... I'm not sure. I want to say eight or nine. Okay. I think eight pallets. Yeah. And those were European pallets, which are a little bit different. The main reason I ask is because I want people yeah. to kind of get a scale for how much you actually do manage to get out of these out of these pallets. It's not right. just. It's not enough for like. Um, I, I keep using example like a small accent wall because that's what you see most of them. It's like a small, mm-hmm. like an accent wall with a bud vase on it. And it's like, look what I made. It's on Pinterest and it's great. So yep. you you really do make some hefty things out of multiple pallets. It's, it's, now, did you actually? Not, I'm th- just thinking. Did you have, um, the, like, how did you get the pallets for the maker knife? Did you make him go out and get them before you got there? <laughs> so I mean, Jacko's got the giant shop. It's like a oh, warehouse. Oh, that's true. Okay, so he actually so, had pallets. Yeah, so he had saved me pallets before I even got there because <laughs> okay. I knew. I think he knew what was going to happen. I'm just and envisioning him with his like Tesla go. trying to. Carry back all the all these pallets, <laughs> right? Oh, I want to see that now. <laughs> but he's got like forklifts and stuff, so he knows oh, yeah. how to actually move them around. I'm I'm jealous. I was like, man, I need to buy a forklift. I got nowhere to put one, but no, I, no, I, I want all the toys in his shop. But they all yeah, look fun. The whole shop, know? not just the whole shop. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but he's got all this pallet racking because he buys, you know, like just factories that have gone out of business and just buys the whole thing and then sells it off piecemeal. And he's got this pallet racking full of stuff, and he's actually using the pallets. And I was like, wait, 
You actually use the pallets? <laughs> <laughs> you use a pallet for a yeah. pallet? Yeah. Because that's what I asked him. I was like, can I even take these apart? Because you actually use them. And I think he thought that was, just, that was the funniest thing. That's so funny. I think people outside of our space are very, like, when you say, hey, can I have that pallet? It's like, what do you need a pallet for? I'm like, you have no idea, dude. Like, we yeah. do everything with those. Well, even, like, even Woodcraft and, like, all those places, they, like, I drive up there and they're like, free pallets, just ask. Like they have a big sign oh, on the really? window. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good to it's know. More I'll about... let you. I'll let you guys in on my secret. Ooh. The Woodcraft is one of the best places to get them, which is funny because they, like, I, I was talking with. There's a guy that works at the local Woodcraft. that's a fan of mine, and he wrote me. He's like, we just got in this new pallet of of all these tropical woods, and he was listing a few of them off. And I was like, all right, I'll take the whole pallet. And he's like, wait. You're going to buy all that? I was like, no, I'm going to take the, the pallet. <laughs> I don't want the wood. That's yeah. amazing. So they don't expect it, but they they get all sorts of heavy stuff. All the tools and stuff come right. on these really nice That's pallets. Right. Um, so Woodcraft is a, is a good source. Um, stone and tile places, because they carry really heavy stuff, and a lot of times oh, they get yeah. it from overseas, Europe or Mexico or places like that, which have some nice, fancy hardwoods in them. Um, and there's a place near me, like a wire manufacturing place. They, they carry big wire spools on it. So, so cool. look for places that carry heavy things. Heavy things. But the, yeah. so the question, the question that obviously comes to mind, and you know, I'm sure you've probably been asked or been, you know, I, I know how YouTube is, so I'm sure somebody in your comments has mentioned it. But what <laughs> is the? How do I put this without sounding like a scold? What is? <laughs> what are the safety concerns in working with pallets? Like, what are? What should people be aware of if they want to start doing it themselves? None, no safety concerns whatsoever. I've never had anybody ask me about that. Really? No. Well, just like <laughs> nails, right? I mean, nails I'm talking, in your uh, so table saw. When I got the, no, I, I know where you're going. Yeah. Okay. I, good. I, Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> I got really scared from the like. Am I the only one that's ever thought about this? No, I'm screwing with you. Okay. Uh, the, I made a hundred pallet wood shot glasses, mm-hmm. and that was, I think, my first project here in the DC shop. And the number of comments and people that were freaking out over pallet safety <laughs> was hilarious. And it drove me to put words like like toxic and chemical and stuff like that in, <laughs> in my blacklist. So all those comments get filtered out now. So oh, I my God. Them all. <laughs> wow. So, That's so, so funny. I put a, a comment pinned now on the shot glass, uh, the shot glass video pinned at the top of the comments. Like, and it, it says something like, are pallets going to kill me if I look at them? Hey, my parents aren't aren't pounds going to kill me if I look at them wrong? I know <laughs> yeah, this question exactly. will come up a lot. So, oh my God, you really did answer this. Qu- I, I, yeah. I was just wow. about to leave a comment, but <laughs> <laughs> so yes, a lot of people ask about it, and I mean the gist of it is yes, there is a potential of there being like dangerous chemicals mm-hmm. that have been soaked up by the material. So what I always try to do is is get pallets that look as clean as possible, like they're fresh. Um, which the stone and tile places are great for that because a lot of times they're single-use pallets mm-hmm. because they carry something over from Europe and then they just leave it in the back and right. just throw it. Okay. Um, or they are custom-sized pallets. That's really where you get the single-use pallets is when they're custom-made just for one thing and you know they've only been used once. Um, but otherwise, you just kind of kind of look for the cleanest pallets, maybe get them from places that carry food because there's a better chance of them being clean. Um, but the big concern is they used to chemically treat them mm-hmm. to prevent rot and prevent bugs from getting into the mm-hmm. wood. Right. So it was basically like pressure-treated deck lumber where they injected, but it wasn't the same chemical. It was methyl bromide, 
which is super toxic. Um, so it worked really well. But if you cut in this wood and you breathe that in, it's not good for you. So they actually stamp the side of pallets. And you can see it either says HT or MB, mm-hmm. or it says nothing. But HT means it's been heat treated, and MB means it was chemically treated with methyl bromide, which was outlawed uh, decades ago. Was it in the US something and, or eighty something? Europe. Yeah, I saw that yeah, when was, I was looking it up too. So it's like been it's not been a thing for a while, even though people are still right. just as worried about it. Yeah, so it's <laughs> something that people like to bring up, like they know something that other people don't <laughs> wait they, wait someone likes to do that in the comments <laughs> no, come right. on <laughs> i just explained reddit go yeah, exactly <laughs> <laughs> right so and i could say that because i'm on reddit so the, so the realistic the realistic fears about pallet wood and i'm not by the way we're not saying this as you know paul jackman says this no i'm just right. but the general concerns are probably there's always a certain amount of caution that you should exercise and if you're not comfortable working with a the material then, then, don't. then the easy right. way to deal right. with it is just don't work with it and right and you're fine um yeah. right that's that's kind of what i try to tell people is be aware of it mm-hmm. it's not a big of as big of an issue as people like to make right. it out to be like people like to blow it up just because you know it sounds it sounds exciting. Once I learned um, about the stamping, once I learned about the stamping, I actually was going around my warehouse at work just curious to yeah. see. Yeah, yeah. And I had a lot of blue and red ones, which is interesting, yep. which means those have to go back. And yeah. I saw a, I did not I saw a ton of HT and a ton of EPAL. I did not see one MB in the whole warehouse. Like not one. And I was like So that backs up what I've seen. Mm-hmm. All of the pallets I've taken apart, I've never seen an MB pallet. I've never, huh. I've never seen one. And I'm talking. So, just to put in perspective, people listening, in case you don't already know, the company I work for is a multi-million-dollar business with, I would say, thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, of pallets moving in and out of the warehouse on an annual basis. And I have never seen an MB pallet in my warehouse. So, yeah, I, I mean, that that, that, me that's a better. large sample size to go. Yeah, I don't think they exist anymore. So, <laughs> I think you could say you see more pallets than I have. I think that I might be the only person on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Just, well, no, that really wouldn't be a big sample. That's only three. That's kind of dumb. <laughs> One out of three. One out of no, three. but if you if you say it in that, that way, it sounds really. It's you know impactful. we introduced this as the king of pallets featuring Paul Jack. <laughs> There you go. (laughs) We're going to take a quick break, and we'll come back after the sponsors, and we'll talk a little bit more with Paul, and we'll do the video of the week, the things of the week, and uh, we'll get up on out of here. So we'll be right back. And we're back. So we're not going to do our usual, um, one of our usual segments, because we have a guest, and we'll save it for the first time when we don't have a guest, which probably is going to be, God, the end of August at this point. But that's cool, because we'd rather... Do, we'd rather have guests and talk about reviews and feedback, even though we appreciate all the reviews and feedback. But we got our yes. first negative review, and I'm not even addressing it right now because it just – I actually embraced it. I posted it mm-hmm. right into my Instagram story with a thank you and everything. Like I am happy to have that one-star review sitting in our iTunes um, review section. That's fine. Whatever. This show is not for everyone. We don't try to be for everyone. We right. try to be for, you can't be for everyone. Yeah. We right. try to be for the widest swatch of an audience possible. But it got me thinking. Like, I kind of just took it and just was like, oh, what an idiot. Like, this is annoying. But I don't really – it didn't get me down. I, I, was, I was actually – Ethan, I'm going to tell you the God's honest truth, yeah. buddy. I was surprised at how little it affected me. Well, yeah. No, I know. Be- I, I... Because normally, if you go back, if you go back 10 years in my life – that comment would have sent me into a frothing rage to the point where I was hitting walls. And now it's yeah. just like, whatever, dude. Like, 
let's hear your podcast. Oh, right. You don't have one. Right. Right. So I was wondering, since, Paul, since you're, you have a sizable audience, like uh, one of the largest audiences of anyone that we've had on the show, I was wondering, like, how do you handle the negative comments or not even totally just negative comments, but just the annoying, like, the safety scolds? Like, they, they, they all have these all these trolls on, you know, various internet outlets, they all have certain profiles. There's the safety scolds. Mm-hmm. There's the, it must be nice people that we've joked about. We actually, that was one of my favorite things to joke about with David Picciuto was the, it must yeah. be nice people. But <laughs> what, what, a, how do you handle it? And what's your advice to people? Cause a small, a, a big creator. And I don't mean this negatively. I'm sorry, <laughs> but <laughs> if you have a couple of hundred thousand subs, it's a lot different than when you get five comments and two of them are negative, right? So right. Yeah. How, do you, how do you handle, as a creator, how do you handle negative comments on your work? What do you think is the best way to handle it? And what kind of negative comments have you had to deal with on your stuff? Yeah, I mean, it's tough. There's not really a right answer to that. But I, I find that my comment section is surprisingly positive. And, and I just say that because, of, you know, the size of the, my channel is, you know, big enough that you get the trolls and stuff that show up, you know, that aren't part of your subscriber base mm-hmm. because they see the video. And I make kind of weird stuff, which attracts weird people. Uh, but, <laughs> like but it's generally positive. <laughs> right. Just like you and Ethan. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it's it's I don't know. I kind of view it as a game, which keeps it positive for me. Because um, you don't know where the comment is coming from. It's either, you know, it could be just some frustration that they have that's completely unrelated related to the video. They're just taking it out on you. Um, it, it could be something in their background that's making them lash out. Or, you know, they could just genuinely be concerned about you. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's weird. You never really know where it's coming from. So there's, you know, you can pull the Tim Sway and he just remains positive no matter what. And just tries to generate a conversation out of it and, and turn them around. Um, occasionally, I'll try that. I don't generally have the patience for it. That he does. <laughs> but you do have to be a certain kind of person to try to do that. Right. Yeah, you have to be a little bit more granola than, than me, which is Tim Sway. <laughs> he's the granola version of me. Um, but, yeah, he's really good about, like, spinning it around and, and a lot of times getting people to admit, like, I'm sorry, I was just having a bad day and I just took it out on you. Um, which a lot of times, just by responding, they're like, oh, wait, this is a person that I wrote to, mm. not just some random internet thing. Right. Like, it actually goes to another human being, which I think a lot of us need to re- be reminded about that, even myself. You know, when you're typing up on Facebook or, or anywhere, reminded that you're actually talking with other people, not just some chat bot yeah right I, it's, it's that it's that idea of like on it like can you imagine going up to a person and saying those types of things to their face like exactly there's very few people that would actually do that yeah and but yeah no i mean i've taken the again my i'm not lucky i i would i would kill for a for the bigger audience problems but i'm small enough that i've gotten very few of those types of negative feedback but i've taken that approach of just trying to be positive and and respond and you're right i mean a lot of times it either they're they don't know how to talk to people so they come off the wrong way and they didn't actually mean it that way you know they just don't know how to interact Mm -hmm. with humans um or they or they just were having a bad day but but that's easy for me to say when there's two comments i can't imagine when you're getting (laughs) like even like 20 comments out of out of 2000 comments right like that's still mm-hmm. really that's a lot of negativity that's a lot of negative yeah. yeah 
It is. You gotta you gotta remember it's the vocal minority, mm-hmm. right? But it is it is right. a lot of negativity, but it is a you know a small group of, of the whole. But mm-hmm. it it, de- it definitely it's 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 something that's ingrained in us. Like we see those those negative comments more than we see the positive ones. You can right. get a thousand positive comments and five negative ones, and you remember the negative ones better. Oh yeah, yeah. No, that's a very good well, point. We have yeah. you know as I was talking about the review. I mean, even though I didn't let it bother us, well, bother me anyway. It is something that sticks in my craw a little bit. It's like, oh, you, yeah, you really yeah. don't, you really don't get what we're doing here, you know. And it's like, okay, cool, you don't get it, but wow, it really sucks that you decided to just trash mm-hmm. us like that. But okay, well, I was flipping tables, Vincent. So. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're no, the quiet one. <laughs> yeah, but no, I, I, I think Ethan that burned his house down. Too. <laughs> he's, he's talking right now. He's sitting in the rubble. <laughs> but no, but uh, like I, to me, that was what it was, Vincent. When I read that comment, it was, it was frustration. You know, you don't. No one likes a bad comment. Like, right. let's be honest. Like, regardless if you care or you know that it's coming from a, you know, a someone that doesn't really what whatever. It still feels bad to get a bad review, right? Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. human nature. And but. It, as I read it more and more, it was like, you know what? It, it's it's just unfortunate. They don't understand what we're trying to do, right. and that's why it's negative. And that's, and that's and, exactly how it came off, too. It's yeah. like, oh, you don't get – you're used to, and, you know, I, I don't want to make this about us, right? But it's right. just, you know, for example, you know, talking about how they don't understand. Like, we don't have – I don't have sitting in front of me like, oh, we're talking to Paul Jackman. I have a list of questions that I'm going to ask, and I'm going to ask him one question, and then I'm going to wait for him to answer that question, then I'm going to ask him another question, then I'm going to wait for him to answer that, and I'm I'm just going to plow through my list of questions, call it a show. We we don't do that with people. We just don't. And if the conversation goes to weird and interesting places, then so be it. And if the conversation And and we talk about our own experiences, too, and, and, you know, that's... I'm sure that's annoying at some points, but but that's part of what we want. Is like we're having a conversation with three people, mm-hmm. and and our own experiences are part of what we're tra- what, what we're talking mm-hmm. about. So that's there's nothing wrong with that, and and you know so that's fine. The, whatever. the best is when the trolls cell phone though, and yeah. So mm-hmm. we were talking about this in the halftime <clears throat> show, the uh, five minute halftime show that none of you get to hear. I'm so sorry for you, but um, <laughs> we were talking about this, and Paul told us that one of the greatest cell phone stories that I've not cell phone, cell, cell phone, <laughs> own, very different kind of story, but one of the best <laughs> cell phone stories that we I have ever heard, and I'm like, no, you got to tell that one on the. Um, on the show. So you did the giant screwdriver, the giant craftsman yep. screwdriver, which is so iconic and everyone yep. loves it. And everyone loves this video. And you get a comment from a complete jack wagon. We'll call him. And <laughs> what did, what, one of my biggest fans, <laughs> what did said jack wagon actually say? And why was it the most brilliant cell phone ever? <laughs> so, I mean, this video has been out for, I think over a year now. Yep. So it's funny yeah. that he just, he stumbles on it now. Uh, but he, he comments and he says, what a waste of time. Insane. And I responded and I was like, define waste of time. Like, I just wanted to keep the conversation going, see where it went. And he writes back and says, because the product you created has no practical purpose to anyone. Waste of materials, energy, and the time cannot be replaced. It was all egotistical. And I found it funny because I noticed there was one thumbs up on that comment. 
And <laughs> that comment at the same time had been picked up by my spam filter. Oh, boy. So. You guys see where I this approved. is going yet? <laughs> I approved said comment. And, and I replied, I said, think a little deeper, dot, dot, dot. Also, I find it funny how the person who called me egotistical likes his own comments. <laughs> yep. Brilliant. And, yep. And I proceeded to drop the mic. <laughs> yeah. That is, that is, that's a great mic drop moment. It's like when you get those little Screwdriver moments, drop. I wouldn't have even, you know what's sad? When you're telling the story, I'm getting it because you're telling the story. But then I'm thinking, oh, I wouldn't have caught that. Like, I would have just like, oh, how do you get a like already? Like, no, it was him, you (laughs) dumbass. That's how he got a like already. (laughs) Yeah. It was kind of exciting when I saw that. I was like, ooh, that's perfect. I know what I'm going to say now. (laughs) He wrote this. I love that, though. And that is one of my favorite things. Again, not when people are, not when, you know, uh, Instagrammers or YouTubes just put people on you know on shade and all that but like when there's when people are so ridiculous and you can come back with a like really legitimate but also like scathing like comeback that is like there's nothing more satisfying than that yeah. I don't by know. the way i don't know if this is you know how we talked about parallel thinking when wesley was on as yeah. we're talking about this um jason stapleton just posted a video called how to deal with email haters there you go. <laughs> okay, there it is. It's like everybody's yep. parallel thinking these days. It's have yeah. have you ever had? I mean, I know you make crazier stuff because I'm fascinated. I've become especially recently because it never happened to me up until recently. Have you ever had an example of like parallel thinking where you went, "Whoa, that's kind of creepy that we were on the same wavelength that way," or has that not happened to you? I don't know. I can't think of anything offhand. I, I guess your kind of body of work would preclude it from being. I mean, you could kind of say Ethan and you parallel think, but it's kind of. No, no, no. I, I was like, I was already making the the screwdriver when he made the big yeah. one. It's, he it's he started the vase last year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I started the big hammer about twelve months ago. Okay. And you only started it nine months ago. So exactly. All right, I'm behind. <laughs> awesome. So let's talk about since we are. At around the time where we normally talk about it, um, we're going to talk about the video of the week because the yeah. video of the week this week, <clears throat> I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. It's a guy who I am tangentially aware of. I haven't mm-hmm. been following as closely as you have. I know you're much closer. So this Definitely. week I was like, I'm not really sure what we should do. Actually, I believe I told Ethan before. I was like, I don't know who we're going to pick for video of the week. I have nothing. I just don't know like which video this week. And you threw back one, and then you threw back this one. And I went and watched it. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is totally the winner. So since you actually saved the day, why don't you tell us about the video of the week this week? Absolutely. I'm trying to find the name of it. It's but... just called Chevron <clears throat> Name Signed. That's literally All the right, name of the Chevron video. Chevron Name <laughs> Signed. But we've. Uh, I think he's been... I think he was one of my things of the week really, really mm-hmm. early on. But it's Andrew of AG Does It. And uh, he's been on Instagram for a while. Um, but And he has a co- he's got one or two kind of videos that he's put up on YouTube. But they weren't like, I wouldn't, and I think he agreed. They weren't official YouTube videos. He kind of just put them up there. So this was, this was his first official, like, full-length build video on YouTube. Um, and it was a Chevron sign and, you know, Chevron, it it was amazing. The video was great. The project was great, but what it showed is that he is, his edits and his cinematography and all that is just spot on. Like he is an amazing editor and, um, 
and we've talked about this before too, Vincent, like he is one of those makers that crosses the line between he's got a lot of skills that, uh, that people can learn from, but he's also an entertainer and he crosses that, that line very, very well. Um, and so like, even if you don't want to make the thing, you'll be entertained. If you want to learn how to make the, if you want to learn some techniques and stuff like that, you'll learn those. And it, it's just a really, really good video. Again, for someone that this is their first official build video, unbelievable. I mean, it's just, I can't imagine. I'm on my ninth or 10th video and I'm nowhere close to, <laughs> to, the, to the stylistic um, understanding of, of his, you know, of his own taste or whatever. Um, so anyways, really, really great video. Great guy amazing edits and he is he's one to watch because i think he's gonna i I think you said this before we got started vincent it's gonna take one one of his videos to get picked up by something Mm -hmm. and he's gonna blow up because he's got the talent and the skill and the entertainment to really really captivate people and make them want to come back so and i'm gonna add i'm gonna add a little bit since you talked mostly about the technical stuff i'm gonna talk about his process because yeah, go for I it. I mean, he ta- he made so you guys have seen these signs before. They're round, um, and I don't want to say they're overdone because I don't. I mean, aside from maybe river tables, I don't really think anything's overdone. But he, what he did, the the way he made this, the way he put this yeah. sign together, was actually pretty brilliant. And just watching his process, okay, I'll give you a perfect example. Something I always screw up. And, you know, as a woodworker, you've screwed this up many times, too. But when you're putting something on the miter saw to cut an angle, I always cut the backwards angle at least once. At least once. Like, (laughs) I cut the exact opposite angle. I don't flip the piece. I do something wrong every time. And when he was making the chevrons, the way he remembered what to do is he literally just laid out all the pieces. And then he just marked all of them with a rough... It wasn't the exact angle. It was rough enough so that he knew the orientation to put them on his miter saw. Mm -hmm. And I'm like... Yeah, this is a guy who's clearly made that mistake, and that's a really good way to not make that mistake again. So, yeah, he's clearly thought about it. He he did something else that you normally don't see when people do a chevron pattern of any kind like that. He rounded over all the corners of all the right, pieces. Right, so it gave that, that shadow. Yeah, so it looked, it yeah. looked kind of like a combination of wainscoting or shiplap and mm-hmm. a chevron. It was just a really... It was just beautifully done. I mean, the guy's got some... Got some chops, and now I'm following. I'm following on Instagram. I'm following on YouTube. Um, Ethan dragged me in, kicking and screaming, to follow Andrew. Now. <laughs> maybe I don't know. Maybe Andrew will acknowledge that I exist and follow me. I don't know. But no. But it was a really just a great video, and I was kind of glad you pointed it out to me because I hadn't seen it. But I'm I'm definitely a fan now. I kind of feel like I get it. You know. Well, it's just like again, anyone that comes out with a video, and I know he's been waiting way too long as a lot of people do mm-hmm. right to drop yeah. their first one and and again i don't think this is his most exciting project and i think he'd admit that too i think he's got a couple that from what i've heard and talked to him about he's got he's got some pretty incredible projects that he has the footage for so hopefully cool. he makes those uh but yeah he's just he's just got a really good style and he's one of those guys that edits the music and the video together mm-hmm. like it's like it's it's meant to be you know it's very cool and you know there's a lot of uh a lot of the things i love about paul's videos he he has the same kind of editing style Mm. as paul so yeah you guys you guys i think that is something that is something true your videos paul are very 
I don't want to say polished because they're, I don't think polished is the right word. I think there's a lot of just, I don't know, they're very clean. I mean, polished is the wrong word because polished implies that they're like there's effects and all this and slick moves and stuff. Your edits are mm. so just everyone, every, so video, every video has the multiple Jackmans. And right. every single time you do it, I laugh. I'm like, God, that's just so cool. <laughs> like, the, right. you do it so seamlessly. That it's like I don't even understand how you do it. It's just it's incredible to me. There, there's so many things, and we talked about this with David Vichito too. There's so many things in your videos, Paul, that are are Paul Jackman edits. Like, <laughs> yeah. and that and there's not nothing, there, no other way to say that because there are things that you do that are you know kind of funny or whatever, but they're your kind of edits, right. and, and it's very cool, and I love it so. Like yeah, I try to I try to be subtle with what I do sometimes. There's a right. lot that's like in your face, like the multiple Jackmans, but the uh, the subtlety I think is where you kind of get people. Like I think Andrew does that a lot, which I really enjoy. Um, like I I mean it's not subtle, but I like the clip where he was changing his saw blade. Did you see that on mm-hmm. his miter oh, saw? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> he throws the a ninja. blade his miter saw. Yeah. yeah, that's one of my favorites. I love when yeah. you do but the, I think the... he's got such a good eye for the subtlety. When you do the clamp right. drop, when you when you to remove your clamps, it's like. Mm-hmm. It's just such a cool show. So I got to ask you, though, like, I know you're clearly not throwing the thing down. Okay, I get it. I'm I'm not an <laughs> idiot. I understand. But how do you deal with, like, what are the mechanics of that shot? Like, how is that? How do you, I don't, I mean, if you don't want to say it, fine, that's cool. But I'm just fascinated by the idea of you just picking up the whole piece. And it looks like you're throwing it. So clearly you're not throwing it because that would be stupid. But, like, how does, I don't understand, like, how you make it look like you're throwing, I'm, I don't know. I, that's the worst question I've ever asked in the history well, no, of this I, podcast. It, it, and well, I'm going to refuse to answer because it it's such a bad question. <laughs> you would have every right, and no one would disagree with you, by the way. <laughs> so I've seen there's a lot of people on, on Instagram that try to mimic it, and they'll, they'll post a clip very similar. Mm-hmm. And I'll give up my secret. The, the way to make it look really clean is I do... I do throw the piece most of the time, but it's very, it's not very high off the table. Oh, like I'm very right. careful about, you know, how much force you're throwing onto the piece. Okay. But, so you're obviously, you throw the piece onto the table and then you it shake clamps off real quick without moving your, your body, like keep your feet where they are. Mm-hmm. And then you get all the clamps off, either put them off screen or put them on the bench and then throw your work piece again on top of the workbench or on top of the clamps. But when you do that, keep your body moving. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you throw it on the workbench, the piece, when it slams down, throw your arms, like, kind of behind you, uh-huh. like you're kind of following through with the throw. Right. And then when you do that cut, it'll be a lot cleaner because your arms keep moving and it won't jump from one spot to another. Oh. Yeah. Did Paul Jackman's film school. See, this is this is the kind of <laughs> Paul thing. Jackman I, film if, school. If that makes any sense. This is, see, this is the kind of thing that... I wish they taught on Skillshare. Like, I feel like this would be the kind of course that I would love to take on Skillshare just to watch yeah. the mechanics of how this stuff is done. But Well, th- the way I do the Paul Jackman clamp thing is I just wear a different T-shirt and, <laughs> and get don't get anywhere close to the same foot pattern and just right. go for it. It was horrible. Do you, it, I, I mean, 
I was doing it tongue in cheek, but I did it in my last video, Paul. Um, and I did the clam drop, and I was too. I was way close to the table, and I was wearing a different shirt. And I just went. <laughs> well, for Well, you know it, what's you know? great about it, Ethan, though it 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 looks like a tribute rather than the actual shot, which yeah, is kind right. of what's no, exactly. great about it. Like it's like, yeah, I yeah. can't do this, but look, I'm gonna try. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> that, and that's exactly what I wanted. It was like, I, I'm gonna pay homage, but I, yeah. I well, that gives, that gives me an idea. I think next time what I'll do is I'll stand on one side of the frame, throw it, and then just randomly appear on the other side of the frame. <laughs> oh, <dude>. <laughs> <laughs> just like as bad as it just can completely be. make it terrible and just watch. Yeah. You yeah. don't even the angry typing guy. You don't even do it right. What's wrong with you? You suck. Wait, but you, you, but you, and you have to ask like, like express like, oh my god, it works. You know, it's like. <laughs> I mean, I like the naked idea, Vincent. <laughs> Maybe that's what I'll do. Instead of jumping off frame, I'll just my clothes will disappear and I'll pixelate oh, myself. No, Paul, here's the shot. You ready? You throw the stuff down, but instead of the clamps coming off, your clothes come off and then you do it again. <laughs> and, the, and your clothes go yeah, back your clothes on. Go back. You have to do it like three times to get it the right the right yeah. thing to happen. Oh my god. Get the right combination. Oh. Really, <laughs> truly, truly epic. See, this is this is our first collab. See, I meet you today. We do our first collab today. I mean, I there didn't actually go. do any work, but you know, yeah, <laughs> you're smarter than me. Make me do all the work. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, so you know, that's 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 part of that's management. See, it's called management. I, I and you I, get paid more. I'm so the idea exactly, win-win. and I drive I drive this I drive the truck with the smaller bed. That's that's how we know I'm the manager. I don't have a full size exactly. truck. Um, what do, why don't we do our uh, things of the week now, Paul? We did ask to bring you to bring a thing of the week, and I'm pretty sure you brought a thing of the week. I'm pretty sure I should go last because it's the best thing of the week, and I definitely didn't forget. Ooh, okay, cool. Oh. So you, you can. Why don't we? Let, you want me to go first? I'll I'll do it. Mine's short. Yeah, mine mine is actually kind of short, so it's good. We'll give. I'll make mine go longer to give Paul extra time. Go for it. <laughs> I appreciate it. I don't need it, but definitely do All right, that. cool. Yeah, yeah, you definitely don't need it, but... <laughs> no, my thing of the week was uh, my other video of the week that I thought was really good. So, um, it's no surprise. Everyone knows that I'm a big uh, Laura Comp fan. And uh, I really... So, she did a... Posted a video, I think yesterday? Maybe the day before. Uh, but making her own uh, branding iron, but she used a vin- like a vintage travel, like actual clothes iron, and she uh, engraved some uh, I think it was brass, some brass plates, and she just cut out the negatives, um, and she mounted that to a ironing uh, hand iron, and she turned it into a branding iron, and it was such a cool idea. And it it was one of those videos, and Vincent, you know how much I like these videos, but it was one of those videos where she was so excited that it worked <laughs> that she could not stop smiling. And that's, the, I, I always love those videos because it's just, it shows that it's so genuinely, that they're so genuinely excited. Oh, yeah. And it's a really cool video, really cool project. And she executed as she always does. I mean, she always nails it. Uh, but I thought it was a really, really cool video and project, and so that's my thing of the week. Very cool. We will definitely have the link to that in the show notes. Um, my thing of the week is also a video, which is rare. I haven't put a video as thing of the week. In I know. I, I think neither of us have done a video in yeah. a while. So my one of my favorite people, not just YouTubers, but my favorite people, one of my favorite people on the internet is Josiah Brooks, otherwise known as Jazza. 
Um, he has one of my favorite YouTube channels. It's it used to be called Draw with Jazza. Now it's just Jazza. Um, I made him actually my he was actually my thing of the week. His channel was my thing of the week a couple of weeks ago, and um, I don't know if he hears this or not. You know, we did send an email. I know he gets he has like three million subs, so the chances of him ever seeing that email are slim to none. I get it, but. Um, we would love to have Jazza on the show because he's one of those guys I feel like we could talk to for hours. And Jazza did a video recently called Your Art Sucks and Here's Why. And one of the key takeaways from the video, it's a great video to begin with, but the key takeaway from the video is that your internal voice is meaner to you than a critic would be. And that's your basically a defense mechanism you're harsher on yourself before you show a project to the world so that you're trying to head off any possibility of criticism so you're way more brutal on yourself than you know anyone who's going to criticize your work in a way so that you don't have to deal with negative criticism because if you've already dealt with if you've already headed it off and been negative to yourself then nothing that the other people's that other people say about your work is going to hit you as hard as what you're saying to yourself. Unfortunately, wow. for some people, that turns into resistance, which we talked about. Um, mm -hmm. The War of Art, the book, the art. I think it's Stephen Pressfield is the writer. I, I, yeah, mm -hmm. good. Oh, good. I remembered. Okay, good. Um, the War of Art, where he talks only about resistance, and it all see how it all kind of ties together. But it's a really good video. It's about twelve minutes long. If you make anything and show it to the public, I highly, highly, highly recommend you watch this video and absorb what he says because, I mean, some of it you've probably heard before, and I guarantee you a lot of it is not groundbreaking stuff, but it's going to really refocus you on what's important when it comes to creating and sharing your art with other people. So I would definitely recommend you watch that video. I, I, I that I'm gonna watch it because I, f I feel like I do that. A we all lot. do. I mean, I feel like yeah, if you make yeah, anything that you put any value in, and I feel like it's that that reaction, by the way, is proportional to the amount of value you put in the quality of your work. Right. So if you really right. are someone who values the quality of their work, you're a harder critic on yourself than someone who really doesn't give a crap. And I know that sounds mm -hmm. almost obvious, but it's funny that you're brutal. You're more brutal to better work basically which is kind of right. a crazy crazy inverse kind of thing so well, and it goes to that whole sentiment that we've always talked about of you always point out your flaws yep, don't lead with your. Wait, you you give someone something beautiful that they'll never notice any flaws and you point out all the uh -huh. issues with it yeah. yeah and i think no matter what what level you're at that that never ends it, it right. Does, like, I don't, right yeah like, i don't think I, right. I i still do that and in the grand scheme of things like i'm an average artist but still i i do that and i'm sure that people are like you know, world-known artists do the same thing. How would yeah? It's just how do you human cope, nature. Which how do you is, cope with yeah. it, Paul? Like, how do you? How do you? Because I mean, we've talked about I it cry. a few times. I have a name for it, which I can't say because we have a clean tag. But how do you cope with? <laughs> how do you cope with that nasty inner voice that we all have? How do you? How do you just push past it? Uh, drugs. Cool. No. Uh, Outstanding. <laughs> no, hey, everybody's got their coping mechanisms. I'm not here to judge. We are, uh, we are a very... You mean like Benadryl and... Uh, oh, yeah, Tylenol. Tylenol. Yeah. It's all Tylenol. Yeah, Tylenol. Hard, hard drugs. <laughs> tylenol does no, ease I, a lot of pain. <laughs> it could help. I say it as a joke, but maybe it helps. <laughs> I mean, I, I try to keep a good sense of humor about everything. I feel like right. that really helps. And, like, don't take yourself too seriously, no matter how... 
how good you are or how much pressure you try to put on yourself. Like we're all just people. And like, I joke about myself, like having a big ego and stuff, but if that's what it is, it's a joke. Like I'm, I'm just a person. I'm not anything more special than, than Ethan or Vincent. Like we're all people. Aw. Aw. <laughs> except Ethan, I'm slightly. Yeah. Except for Ethan. Well, Ethan Ethan's more of a person. I'll, I'll readily admit that Ethan's more of a person. I have no problem with that. I'm like, I'm like three quarters of a person angling very hard to be 90% of a person. <laughs> it's good to have goals. Yeah, exactly, exactly. What's Try life some Tylenol. Maybe it'll get to 100%. <laughs> what, um, all right, Paul. I've stalled long enough. What's your thing of okay. the week, man? <laughs> uh, I mean, I didn't plan this, but it's a pretty good transition. Ooh. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to recommend comedian Sam Simmons. Oh. And I, it's almost a bit of a cheat because I recommend this about once a month. I try to tell people... <laughs> Watch Sam Simmons' TED Talk. He's an Australian comedian. He is absurd. And it's, it's uh, I forget what it's titled. I should probably have looked that up by now. I have plenty of time. <laughs> Not at all. I don't know what you're talking about. We, I, I, it's my fault for dropping this on you right five minutes before we started recording. Okay. Don't worry, Paul. I'll take the so, <laughs> Thank you for taking the, <laughs> taking the, the bait. Um, it's called Being Silly. Okay. It's like a 10-minute long TED Talk, and it's it's just him talking about being silly, not taking yourself serious, and, you know, like looking at the world with that lens. And I, I genuinely try to watch this once a month just to remind myself of that. And, like, hmm. he comes on – like, I don't want to ruin too much of it, but he comes on stage wearing a space suit. <laughs> And it's like a Halloween costume spacesuit that looks like, you know, it looks like it came from a Halloween store. And it's just so funny because he starts taking it off to, to music and it just, it goes on from there. Oh so God. you can only imagine. Perfect. That sounds like something yeah. I definitely will enjoy. It, sound, it sounds a little bit like your talk at uh, WorkbenchCon. Where it's, it's a similar vein to that, for sure. I don't, yeah. I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, that, yeah, yeah. like, that's... Like embracing embracing who you are or the funny, you know, embracing the funny. Like, don't take yourself too seriously. Right. Yeah. That for the Cliff's Notes version of that is we we titled our talk "You're Doing It Wrong" and we spelled "your" wrong on purpose. <laughs> and we spent all the money that they paid us to be at WorkbenchCon, and we built a giant trebuchet that threw a grapefruit 450 feet. And then we made a documentary, basically, like a 30-minute long video about building the trebuchet and then presented that or premiered that at, at WorkbenchCon at our talk. And, and you had the, like, like the, ta- like the table that would usually be at the front of the room in the yeah. back of the room, right? <laughs> so we, uh, there was so many, so many different strings of, of thought that went into this. But we, so part of the budget we spent at, um, at thrift stores getting outfits to launch the trebuchet. So we got on these like just old, like ill-fitted suits and stuff and used those when we launched the trebuchet just because we thought it was funny. But then we wore those outfits to our talk. And, like, just looked so out of place. And people didn't realize it unless they came to our talk what the context of that was. But while the video was playing, we went to the back of the room and there was a table. And we moved it in front of the doorway. So people had to walk around it when they left. And we printed, we used part of our, bu- our budget to print up photos of ourselves wearing those outfits. And we put different motivational quotes on them. And then we were signing those photos as people left. So to leave the room, they had to take a signed photo. That's amazing. <laughs> oh my God. It's like, if, you're, if you dare leave this, yeah, that's so yeah. good. Well, I love uh, like the thumbnail. I'm, 
for that the trebuchet uh trebuchet yeah um wasn't that didn't you have like uh like it was like a movie like like you would we, see in a like a sundance films like it yeah, was like we made best, movie posters yeah best movie best movie actor people like, yep. it's like <laughs> it was like and it had best, like those little like best uh, whatever they were there was there was one that i put on there it was like you know like you said the jarek best actor and things like that yeah, yeah. but it was like somebody's name it was like the sam atkins award or something like that <laughs> which is a genuine thing and it's for like science filmmaking <laughs> So I was like, so that's just so that. funny to put that on there. That sounds like that. I, I, you know, one of the things that comes through, and you do a really good job, you know, in general in your your online persona. You said that this was, you know, the way you try to deal with it, but you really do present this humorous side that's just not even like a lot of people try to substitute snark for humor, and they think that if mm-hmm. you're really snarky and nasty. You know, and you play the gotcha game that you're being funny, but you are, you're genuinely a funny guy. And right. it's amazing how well you've been able to translate funny into a space that doesn't really lend itself to being funny. And, yeah. Thank you. And it's, yeah. That's, it shows. It's really, it's what I'm trying to do. Cause I, I, it's funny cause I'm kind of classically trained as a woodworker, mm-hmm. but right. like the woodworking community as a whole Really not on, on YouTube, but just in general stiff. is very stuffy. Stiff. Yeah, and very stuck in like their to, ways. Yeah, right. they like to romanticize dovetails and mortars <laughs> yep. and tenon joints. hundred percent. Like yeah. it's like, come on, guys! Like it's right. just woodworking. <laughs> right. My box joints so much. So, <laughs> I mean, that's what I try. That's what I'm trying to poke fun at, really, mm-hmm. most of the time, which I think is what aggravates people when i do get negative comments like they're they're like this isn't what i think woodworking is well you know what it is though because it hits home and it's actually like hits a nerve because they are those people and they just it makes them uncomfortable when you you abandon pretense yeah the pretentious get offended that's the way it works right so they know i'm making fun of yeah exactly (laughs) it's like oh i can abandon i can leave you behind i can leave that part of you behind me and still be me (laughs) it's awesome yeah Oh man, Paul! It has been—it's been so good talking to you, man. I—we yes. really have been looking forward to talking to you for a while, and it's just like I said—you know—one of the inside jokes is now um, now taken care of. I feel like we could cross Paul Jackman's off the bucket list now. <laughs> so there you go. But, it, it was fun. I'm glad you had me so on. So good. Is, but know, know uh, that I will be listening to next week's episode to make sure you talk about ooh, it. Oh, <laughs> you know, when this one drops when this one drops on Wednesday, I have a feeling a lot of people, you know, oh, so one of our one of my friends actually told me I was like, "Yeah, I'm a little nervous and we're talking to Paul Jackman tonight." And she goes, "Oh, don't worry. He can carry a conversation." I'm like, "Oh, good." Yeah. <laughs> so, I just feel bad for the the our guest next week cuz we're just going to be talking about Paul the entire you know, podcast. It's going to be like, "Hey, you know who we had on last week? Paul Jackman. You know what Paul Jackman said?" You know. It also feels really weird. Just what have you guys made out of pallets? No, I'm just kidding. I was like Bob Clegg, and the first question you asked him was like, "What do you think about Paul Jackson?" <laughs> that would be the greatest thing ever. It's like, yeah, because for, for whatever reason, I have this running joke that Bob hates me. If anybody hears that he doesn't, it's a joke. 
but like it's basically just a joke that I say and nobody thinks is funny, which makes it funny to me. <laughs> which makes it funny <laughs> for you. Right. Anybody is actually pretty funny it, in, in and of itself. Right. That's right. That's why. That's why I say right. that. He's like he can't hate anybody, and I've said it in front of him a couple times. I was like, oh, it's because you hate me, and he like automatically just like tenses up, and he's like, no, no, I, I I'm, don't. I'm, I don't joking. hate anyone. I promise. I swear. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm incapable of hating people. <laughs> <laughs> when I, I the next time because I had him on. When I first started this show, so the next time we have him on, I'm going to open with. So we had Paul Jackman on in episode 55. And apparently, and you there's hate this him. like, apparently, y'all have beef. Like, what's the deal with that? We'll, we'll oh. become like uh, Hugh Donahue or whatever his name is, or uh, we'll become like a daytime talk oh, yes. show. We'll pull out envelopes and do lie detector tests. It's like, yeah. you took a lie detector test before you had the podcast, and we asked, do you hate Paul Jackman? You said no. We've determined that's a lie. It'll be like the Jimmy Kimmel Matt Damon feud. Be like, oh, sorry, we ran out of time today. <laughs> yeah, actually, we got Paul in the in the in the green room. He's ready to come out. But... Yeah, sorry, Bob, we got to kick you. We got Paul. <laughs> Paul up next. You know, you know. All right. If, if we actually have Bob on again, we have to. Paul, you have to come back on just for the last like five minutes. Or even yeah, yeah, just jump in. I've been listening the whole time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or even if we just do like um like a voicemail. It's like I heard you were having him right, on. Right, right. What's your problem, Bob? <laughs> <laughs> See, then we could. I also like to make stuff. <laughs> yeah. Don't we all? What's your point? <laughs> My, I also like the color orange. That's Whatever. True. Oh, wow. Oh, that's right. Oh, wow. That's something else I do, because it's like I like to make stuff orange and Jackman orange. It's <laughs> our slightly different hues of orange. Wow. I just... And you have angular stuff in your logo, and so do I, see? Oh, boy. Yeah. We can... We can and he's, he says he's the clamp champ. I'm the clamp champ. <laughs> You're, I'm the clamp magician. <laughs> and I gave up my secret. <laughs> it goes deeper and deeper. So, aside from... So, I know we can find you on... Um, on Instagram and on YouTube because that's where I follow you. But where else can people find you, Paul? Uh, anywhere, just Jackman Works, JackmanWorks.com, uh, Reddit, Jackman Works. I like to chastise people on there. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, pretty much anywhere except for TikTok. I was just gonna ask. I was just gonna ask if you're on TikTok. And okay, good. That answered that nope. question. Thank God, because I feel like there's nothing sadder than an adult on TikTok. <laughs> I, I tried to make it a cow, but it said I was legally too old. I can't figure that out because I'm only 30, and I see a lot of older people out Please there. Please so turn who knows? on your front-facing ah. camera and demonstrate an ability to lip-sync. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to do it because we make... We should do it because we make TikTok uh, and, uh, video to promote our videos every no. week. That's what we should do. No. Vincent. <laughs> no, I've never put my foot down at being a whore until now. No. <laughs> no, I 100% agree. <laughs> That's going to do it for this week, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. If you have a moment, you know, when you get a bad review, the best way to get rid of a bad review is to drown it out with a bunch of good reviews. And you guys right. are really good at writing reviews, at least the ones of you who have. But if you haven't written a review, now would be a really good time. So uh, throw a review up there. Say hello. We love it. We will read them eventually if we ever get to a week where we don't have a guest, but we love having guests. So eventually, I think the, the show that we don't have a guest is just going to be me and Ethan reading reviews for an hour and a half. Yeah, for an hour and a half. Yeah. <laughs> um, thank you, everyone, for listening. Have a great week. We will be back again next week. We do have a pair of guests lined up for next week. What? Wow. Oh. Another famous husband and wife duo. 
is Paul Jackman in this one. <laughs> <laughs> we have three Paul Jacksons yeah. on next week. <laughs> have a great week, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>